0: I think I'm good. Okay, five, four, three, Uh two. (laughs) He counted right this time. (laughs) How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Old School, New School podcast with yours truly, Will Charles Egan and... Chris Meekins. It's a pleasure to have you here again. If you didn't notice in our last episode with Jordan when he was counting us off, he kind of had an issue with counting. Ah. You went from five (laughs) to four to three and then you like... Said two, and you were at three, and then you looked at your fingers, and then you were like, Oh, oh, that's okay. right. That's I right. knew
1: I knew I had something right. I knew I knew I knew that from a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so kindergarten. Um, I just came back from Cleveland. I yes. went up in Cleveland, it's like amazing there. Nice in August, beautiful weather. Cut down a couple, a couple of trees. You know, oh. you don't have to have permits to cut down trees. In Wait, Cleveland. really? No, don't wow. oh, no. I was just cutting them down left and right. On the tr- yeah, anyway, okay. I found out that it was Paul a little harder than I remembered well yeah yeah cleaning up cutting the tree down is easy uh-huh cleaning up after yourself right is the hard part so right right how about you and uh, your job with the solar company well that that didn't
0: uh <laughs> i didn't that was a loaded question it <laughs> was a loaded question it didn't pan out the way i thought it would okay uh yeah so it was it let me just say this I don't have any qualms personally with the solar industry. Right. I think I have solar panels on my house. Okay. I just don't think it was a good fit for me simply because I don't have the time. You know, it was, it was advertised as like, you're going to have four hour work days. I'm like, that's great. But then on top of driving to you know Cape Coral, yeah. which is like over an hour away and then going to meetings every morning. And it's like, I also need to work out. And then in my, and it's like my day is overbooked now. And it was like with this, and with my writing, and with some of the other things that I still want to do, it was just not going to happen. So
1: let's talk about your writing. How is that? How's that going now? I mean, we we met with a a publisher. We did. Friend of yours, buddy. Yeah, and he's in the process of reading it. He is impressed. Uh, So. Uh, you'll probably have to get a... What is that person that fixes? what's that? Oh, an editor? An editor. Oh, for yeah.
0: sure. I'm still not done. I need to go back through the first book again because it has some issues that need addressing. But yeah, yeah it's it's going good. I, I'm currently in the process of writing the second book, which is going to be a bit longer than the first one. So it takes more time. And these
1: are on how to
0: how to... Put in cabinets or these how-to books? <laughs> no, these are. I'm not much of a nonfiction guy. No? I mean, I'll read a nonfiction book from time to time. Like, uh, I don't know if you know who Timothy Keller is. He's a great yeah, Christian yeah. writer. I love reading some of his nonfiction stuff. But I like novels. I like stories. So myself, I want to be a published novelist. And so okay. the books that I've written are both stories, which may or may not be part of a larger overarching story. But that's for the reader to find out. And so these are things that I've, I literally started writing the first one in eighth grade. And I've been writing this story just very, very gradually over time up until now. And
1: Frank was telling me, he goes, I was impressed. Here's this, this young man that's mm-hmm. wrote 400
0: words or 400 pages? 400, well, so it's probably closer to about 500 pages now, but that's between two different books. Okay. So And is that a lot? It is a lot. Yeah. So the first one is 90, over 90,000 words. Which I do want to make more. I want to keep going with it. And if you're finding <laughs> out
1: he has a lot of words, we've, we've experienced <laughs> that over the book.
0: If it isn't overtly obvious, <laughs> I like to talk. I do have a lot of words. I have the best words. I.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. And so, <laughs>
0: yeah. Can you hear me? I'm like, I need more words. No. It needs to be longer.
1: I used to, actually, people mm-hmm. would tell me, shot. Oh, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I got that a lot as a but kid. But there was
1: like always, I used to, I, when I started real estate and then I started talking all day long and then selling real estate all day long, mm-hmm. I ran out of words. It was yeah. like, like probably 10 or 15 years ago. You start repeating words. And now people are like, well, maybe you need to lose a few more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maybe you need to have an editor for your own words, Chris. Uh, but which raises a question is, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, hmm. how do you, so we live in a world that has been like, go, Will. yes, be a writer. <laughs> sure, yeah. You should be a stand-up comedian. Right. You'll be really good at that. And mm-hmm. then you go, oh, okay. Yeah. And you start writing, and you're actually, I don't know anybody that's actually finished a book. Let really? Alone write, I mean, anybody that said, oh, I'm going to write a book. Okay, yeah. That was just the computer. Ignore it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know anybody that, that actually f- and then finished. hmm Um, not that saying that it's perfect and it's been and cleaned up and everything else. Yeah. So, so here you are 22 years old. Are you 22 yet?
0: Soon. Uh, Less than a month. I'll be 22. Oh, okay. Which is crazy to think about. Wow. Uh, Anyways. You know, what's even crazier?
1: Huh? In less than a month, I'll be married for 44 years. Whoa. is like, I, I mean, I can't stand myself, let alone be married to someone (laughs) that that actually has tolerated me for a while. Well, congratulations. But thank you. Um, September 1st. Um, so, uh, so go back to this. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're like in this space of like, okay, I want to follow my dreams, right? but you're going to have to pay. I, here, I'm my dad's coming out. Who's paying the rent? Uh-huh. Yeah. And how are you <laughs> affording to go to the gym and how right. do you? I mean, how are you working through that? And and uh, millions of people we have right, over, right yeah. that are under thirty years old uh-huh. could be possibly going through that. So what's going sure. on in that that uh, head of yours? Yeah.
0: Well, while we're singing the praises of me, I'll just <laughs> come back to reality. That yeah, no, I, I I feel like the one of the things that I was called to first at a very young age was to be a writer. I've I felt that very deep in my spirit that I I wanted to be a, a novelist. You know much like how C.S. Lewis is a devout Christian was. He's no longer alive, but he wrote The Chronicles of Narnia, which are like some of the greatest Christian novels ever. They're still some of my favorite books. And they can be read by anybody, but they have a very clear uh, Christian message in them. Okay, And I love that. So for me, I wanted to do that in the realm of science fiction and fantasy. So for me, it was something that I really wanted to do. And I felt called, you know, in eighth grade, I don't know if i told you guys, but I had a creative writing class and every night we would do these nightly journals. And so a lot of my friends were just doing poems and stuff like that. And I was also doing poems. But a couple of my buddies in that class were taking their nightly journals and writing a couple pages of a book every single night. I was like, that's a really good idea. So I started doing that with my first book and i just kept going with it and then i typed it out on a word document so i feel deeply that i actually i want those published and i'm writing another one but to your point novelists are not the richest people in the world unless you become like a stephen king who just dumps words onto paper every single day his novels are literally like three to four inches thick, and he has all these movies and TV shows made off of his material, which is, you know, best case scenario.
1: When did he become, like,
0: legit? um, So he started writing and becoming really legit in, like, the 80s when he had a couple of his bigger books, like, um, I forget what it's called, but he had the one with the haunted car that would come to life, and that was made into a movie, and then there was Pet Cemetery, and then, of course, there's The Shining, which was, I believe, the 70s. So he started making his way up and you know just continually with books like The Dark Tower and then It, The Creepy Clown. He has all of these movies that are based off of his books and that's again that's best case scenario. Most authors, most aspiring authors the royalties from novels are not the best. And it doesn't exactly uh, pay rent unless you become like a New York Times bestseller. How
1: do they make money? I mean if you can buy a book for, well now it's like fifteen, twenty dollars for a book. Sure, How much do they make off like the royalties, do they make like a dollar a book?
0: About like something like that. I mean, there's multiple ways of doing it. There's like here, we'll publish the book and you can just get like a sum of money now or you can publish the book and receive a bit of every single sale. And you know, it just comes down to who the publisher is. If it's reputable, you're probably going to make less. If it's one of those self-publishing things, you'll make more per novel, but you know, you're not going to get the same exposure. You, you know, yeah,
1: you're not going to get the exposure.
0: Right. So how do you, um, my mom used to live, uh, read Agatha
1: Christie Mm -hmm. murder mysteries, yeah, yeah, all the time. I'm like, why would you? What are you doing? Yeah, but then I got uh, my kids were young. I started reading Louis L'Amour, and there's like hundreds of Louis Mm -hmm. L'Amour comic books. I've read every single one of them. Wow! And now I'm working through them again. I just I can I can can, or I can listen to them on audio Uh when I'm working out. Yeah, so I don't listen to Pink Floyd, (laughs) (laughs) Leonard Skidder. Yeah, which
0: are good options. Yes,
1: yeah. So. So so here you are, you've got this
0: dream. possibility
1: or a dream mm-hmm. but mixing that with reality, I yeah. mean you went to college and they're like telling you, No, you can be everything you, your parents grow up. You can be whatever you want to be. And now you're twenty one and you're like, uh <laughs> what do I do? Wait a minute. <laughs> uh no one's hiring me to be a writer.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. It doesn't there's no ads in the paper for I'm hiring a novelist okay that's not but well I don't know if my parents were as supportive of my crazy wild dreams they're more of, you know my dad was like you should get into water manufacturing like I didn't realize that we still were manufacturing water really? I didn't, I, yeah. or plastics manufacturing I'm like I would rather not <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm like no thanks I've always been the person that's like I don't want a nine to five, uh, but it's like, you know, you're probably going to need to have a job. So, so
1: so what's, what do you think the, from a biblical standpoint, Mm -hmm. what do you, what, what do you need to be doing to to make this adjustment into until I get discovered right or until I get hired on the fire department or until I get offered a job in a, to be a, Plastic surgeon,
0: right? Um, Yeah. 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 Why would I not? There are Christians in that field. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is the question, isn't it? That's like, I, I'm waiting for my big break. Right. Okay. And that's something that we talked about, like on the last episodes of like being obedient and what you have now. But a lot of that comes down to, you know, just which choice you choose to follow. And I think like there's this idea in you know, here I am gonna. I'm about to get theological. So get get it. Man. Strap in. I'll drink some water. Cool. Yeah. I get. I'll I'll drink some water too. Mm. Well, so we're ready to go. Here we are. I have more words ready. I'm. <laughs> I've head. Got, I got a lot got more a words. Whistle. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. So I'm in. Sit back. Cool. I'll just take the. I'll take the reins. So in a lot of the Greek literature, a lot of Greek uh, f- philosophy. There is this idea that, you know, heaven is this kind of ethereal place in the clouds and you become this mist after you die. That's kind of how our perception of, you know, you go to heaven, quote unquote, and it's like this land of clouds, which isn't exactly accurate. But that's where a lot of that idea comes from is from this Greek perspective of like the physical body and work is evil. And the ultimate enlightenment, quote unquote, or the ultimate goal is to leave the body because it's bad and leave work behind because it's toilsome and it makes me sweat and I hate it. And I'm going to become this, you know, amorphous, ethereal mist that floats around the universe and thinks for eternity because that's how the Greek philosophers would have wanted to live. But that has kind of influenced our Western society a little bit. So the biblical perspective is that work is, believe it or not, work is a good thing. And God wants us to work. And like Timothy Keller, that author that I mentioned earlier, he has this book, this amazing book that I read in high school called Every Good Endeavor. And it basically talks about the role of work in our Christian lifestyle. So every single human being was put on the earth to do good works. And that can literally just be your job. You know, in the beginning when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, there were a couple of things that he said to them to do for eternity in paradise, which is, you know, everybody wants to be in paradise, right? But believe it or not, God said, you have to tend to the garden. You have to name the animals. So he gave Adam and Eve work You'd think in paradise you just lay around all day and just drink water and eat fruit. Figs. Figs, yes. Oh, gosh, they're so good. You like figs? I love figs. I don't think
1: I've ever eaten a fig. Yeah, well. Once you get married, your wife won't let you eat any figs anymore either. Why? It causes problems
0: problems <laughs> note it so I'll eat, I'll eat all the Don't figs I can figs. I'm sorry for anybody that offended <laughs> I'll eat figs I'll never while I can't say can. anything offensive again. <laughs> ever again so when you're in the garden of eden eating figs for however you <laughs> want that is something that you'd think this is what paradise is I get to right. lay around right. and do whatever I want I get to sit down and just relax but god created human beings to work in the garden. Paradise includes working, believe it or not. A lot of people are like, well, that doesn't sound right. Paradise is supposed to be, I just lie around and have wine all day. But it's like, well, God created us to have this role, whatever our role is in the world. And so the reason why work has become such a bad thing in Genesis, it says, you know, once they ate the the forbidden fruit and they, you know, had their eyes open and everything, God said I'm going to make labor a toilsome thing. It's going to make you sweat. It's going to be hard. It's going to be backbreaking where work initially wasn't a backbreaking thing. Right. So for us as Christians when it comes to, you know, chasing your dreams and all that, God absolutely wants you to chase those dreams. He wants you to follow the things that he has put on your heart because he has made work for you. You know, everybody's idea of life is you work, blah, 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 and then 60, 65, or as soon as you can, you retire and then you just do nothing forever because I'm chasing that paradise. And that paradise is to sit around and do nothing. That paradise is once I retire, I can finally just. Which, when you do talk
1: to real retired people, right. they're like, uh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Sucks. This is no good. I can
0: only play so many rounds of golf before right. I want right. to not right. do right. this anymore. Golf's a great game, it makes a bad God. Ooh. Write that one down. Yeah. Golf's a great game. It makes a bad god.
1: <laughs> I stole that.
0: Oh, who'd you steal it from? Some guy. Some. Some golf. Somebody that doesn't Some matter.
1: that stole <laughs> me his golf clubs.
0: <laughs> somebody that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, do you think that that lines up with the whole concept? I was, I was, uh, in my, in my Bible reading, we were talking about the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and so every, every part has a different. I mean, the the all the parts mm-hmm. are important yeah. to your body all right. the parts you can't go without certain parts and there's certain parts that absolutely you can't live without mm-hmm. but even so uh you get a little you know little sweat pimple and you're you know yeah. it, it, it hurts you're like my whole body's reacting to this little mm-hmm. thing yep. and so uh so also with the body of christ if we don't have writers mm-hmm. uh, you know we we actually don't get to enjoy, you know, imagination sure. and yeah. creativity. Yeah. If we don't have bricklayers, we don't have houses. Absolutely. And so, uh, being part of that. But again, let's go back. Like in that process, how are you balancing? Uh, looking for a job, mm-hmm. or do I do I just wait until God? Do I really believe that God's called me to do that, and right. I'm just going to wait? Because that seems awfully lazy. It
0: does. Yeah. And so and you're like, am I just being lazy? <laughs> am I just sitting around and waiting for the answer to
1: fall in my lap yeah. on its own? Or do I go knocking on doors until I get <laughs> to that and happen to meet somebody or, uh, or one? Yeah. I can tell you
0: right now, not that last one. Because I don't think I was called to knock on no, doors.
1: No, that's That's brutal. Oh, yeah. Especially that's when you're brutal.
0: in Florida and it's hot and oh, sweaty and you don't want to do it anymore man
1: i mean he was literally gonna go knock on
0: doors all day long mm-hmm. and ask them if they'd
1: like to buy some solar po- panels well and if you do if you do we got i got a guy that needs to come and talk to you yeah yeah that yeah, was
0: probably right. the worst sales pitch i've ever heard in my life but it was a gist
1: that's basically what they're asking us to do
0: you know again i'm not trying to you know once the solar mafia is now going to come for us i'm not trying to put myself in the same place you're putting yourself I don't have any problems with solar mafia for legal reasons. I want—I actually want them. Really? Yeah. Well, your house has a lot of trees, so we wouldn't even knock on your door. Okay. Too bad. That is, really? Yeah. No, they look for shade. And they, it's a good south-facing roof for okay. good electricity. So, okay. if you want solar, if you have a good south-facing roof with sun exposure,
1: <laughs> call somebody. Just don't call, just don't call <laughs> Yeah, don't call me. I don't know
0: anything. I'm not in that.
1: So anyway, so in the middle of that, you, you're saying, uh, so, I mean, you, a lot of your peers are like, yeah, I tried this job. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. I tried this job. That oh, didn't work. Oh, buddy. I mean, it's, it's not like you're going, your degree's in psychology mm-hmm. and it's not like you're going to go get your doctorate. And...
0: No, no, absolutely not. No. Or my master's not even, I don't, I don't think I will. I might, but I don't, I really don't think I'm called to that. Because for me, to your, to your question of like, you know, what do I what do? I do? It's, it's being expectant, but not just sitting there, okay. right? So like for me, I want to be a, a novelist and a stand-up comedian. You know, what are you going to do about it? God has called you to this thing. God absolutely said, you are called to be a novelist. You are called to be a stand-up comedian. Now, what are you going to do about it? You have to do something because the Lord on high has said, you're going to do this. And you can't just expect that to fall into your lap because you need to be trained in that art.
1: I heard this one guy say, uh, work like it depends on you. Mm-hmm. Pray like it depends on God.
0: Mm. That's good. And
1: so maybe it's the opposite. Pray like it depends on God. Work like it depends. No, I think it goes the other it's, way. Yeah, it's
0: definitely the first way.
1: So, but, but there's a place where you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's add another element. Okay. Don't you want to be like a good Christian? Sure. And be involved in the collective and mm-hmm. be involved in helping Jordan Brian Sure. Helping Chris Meekins, you know, yeah. walk across the street in my walk. <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: not quite there yet, but once you get there, I'll be there to help.
1: Okay. When I go to the gym, keeping yes. the weights off my neck. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, Don't no, that's, that's like 45 pounds, Chris. That might be a little bit too heavy. Bad for form. You. How much does that bar weigh? The bar is like just 45. The
0: pounds. bar is 45. Yeah.
1: I use that for curls when I do
0: my... You do There's forearm curls? curls? Yeah. You're hilarious.
1: That's, well, I so when I shake someone's hand, oh, so you I want intimidate them to know. Them. That's why you work I out? Actually, no, actually, I don't do it. I do okay. it because that's the one thing that people don't exercise. And all of a sudden, you're, that's true. it loosens up the joints for arthritis and everything else like that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I,
0: I do it every day. Shoot. I guess I have to do that. Oh. Oh, well. I, I
1: was in a, uh, a weightlifting contest back when I was your age. Really? Yeah. Wow. About about 50 pounds ago uh, but uh and i won the contest because i was my i was able to hold the weight uh, okay you got you know three four hundred pounds yeah, yeah yeah and you're deadlifting.
0: okay your legs can lift it sure
1: but your hands can't hold it so yeah. your hands have to be just as strong as your Ooh. legs okay
0: well yeah right i mean yes that sounds completely right. And I feel like I don't need to argue with you on that. <laughs>
1: and where does this go? The whole body. No. Yeah. Well, uh, I made a little transition there. That was good.
0: Yeah. So the whole body has been But how roles. do you,
1: how are you, um, I mean, how do you still do, okay, I want to be a good Christian. Mm-hmm. And they tell me that's the top priority in my life. Yeah. I want to be a good husband. Well, you got to be a good Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want to, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I want to be a good Christian. Pastor Andy says, you know, uh, be a good father this last week. Be a yeah. good, be a, be a uh, good family member or participant in your family, or whoever. So I want to do that, mm-hmm. but I want to do work, right? But I also want to follow my dream,
0: right? And what do I do? So how
1: do the three of those mix together? Uh-huh. Isn't yeah, it, isn't, don't you find that hard?
0: Sure. A lot of people think that you're juggling all of that. It's like, how do I keep up with this and keep up with this and keep up with this and keep up with this? Because I've got all the and people will. Compartmentalize things and that's true to an extent you have you have your dreams you have serving in church You have the family aspect you have working out. You've got a tend to this person you have got discipleship and it feels like oh but part of it is All of those things God wants to be a part of so God is very much a part of your discipleship as much as he is a part of your nine-to-five and so a lot of those different aspects of your life can meld together right? So it doesn't feel like you're overwhelmed with all of these different things. It's just you have one responsibility, which is, you know, to serve God and love others in all aspects of your life. And, you know, even when it comes down to practical things, it's like, okay, well, that sounds all fine and dandy when you write it down on paper like Chris here, but like, what do I actually do practically? And that's You know, something as simple as writing out what does your perfect day look like, which is something that you talked about, which is Chris's perfect day. Chris is perfect. That's honestly an as a perfect example of how do you map out the things that you need to do and that you want to do that will fulfill you. And it's like, okay, now make a schedule. If I get these things done, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. You have, you work, you have physical fitness, you have meeting with time. Yeah. With God. And then you know, whatever else you need to do with, you know, the dream for me, it's going and writing for like a couple hours or, uh, working on a bit. And a lot of the time, some of those things will interact. So I'll be at the gym and I'll get an idea for a bit and I'll write it down. So two birds with one stone, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be, I'm going to only do this at this time. I'm going to only do this at this time. A lot of the times things can overlap and then it'll, it might start to feel like you're juggling a lot of things, but really it's just, as long as you have your quiet time with God, as long as you have you start your day off on the right foot and you get filled with that spirit a lot of things with you know that momentum so to speak kind of like the snowball effect will just roll exactly how they need to roll
1: well there is something about when i'm working i and i actually have to open up the little book joyce made me mm-hmm. this little booklet maybe someday we'll talk about it we'll bring joyce whatever
0: is yes dude great a woman maybe believe it or not is she allowed to talk on the radio? Well. Sure. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. That is a loaded question.
1: Uh but, you know, we made this book out and it's it, it's amazing as I get through it, I'm like, okay, I've got through that. Okay. And mm-hmm. I did that and I'm really excited that I got it done cuz I really wanted to get it done. Yeah. But I'm I'm like super ADD. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's it's just not there if it's not in front of me right it's it's not there my wife would won't well, okay never mind no what but when we first got married she goes don't you don't you see those clothes on the floor and i'm like no i'm on this side of the bed i can't see you <laughs> on that side of the bed and if it's not in my view i don't see it out sorry, of sight out of mind sorry all you young women that are going to get married that's going to be one of the problems yeah um uh-huh. but did you ever read the book uh, purpose driven life never get out no it's 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 a great book mm-hmm. and one of the things that he talks about is is that God's created us to work, like you said mm-hmm. there in the beginning. And work is an act of worship. Yes. Yes. So 100%. and we forget that in our world. We mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, this is like
0: this horrible. Sucks. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, but it is an act of worship mm-hmm. we go and we represent. 100%. God. And sometimes it's a really bad job. I mean oh, we don't do it. I've had
0: plenty of those.
1: But God We bring God glory when we do it as an act of
0: worship. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I wanted to touch on is having the bad job. And that 100%, oh my gosh, don't even get me started, that has been every single job I've ever had, is (laughs) terrible, I don't like this. And that is really where the, you know, it builds character, it's true. It comes into play the most in those types of situations where I am miserable, but, I know that I can find good in this. I can represent God and bring him glory by remaining diligent and doing what needs to be done in this job. Better yet, going above and beyond. So like in all of my previous you know, restaurant jobs, which I hated, there were tasks that needed to be done and you just, you do them because they need to be done. Why? Because it makes your boss happy. You right. make money off of it and because it brings God glory. What you do in secret, even when nobody sees it, God sees it. This is something I learned from one of my coworkers, even at this pre- at this current job. Is what you do in secret doesn't matter who sees it. God sees it, and that's truly what ultimately matters. Because, and you know, this can kind of get into more selfish reasons, but He will reward you for the things that you do in secret. But ultimately, you know, it's for the glory of God. Well,
1: that's where the characters built. Uh, yes, characters built for you, older people sitting at home, and your wife's out with the gals and you're clicking through the tv
0: Uh uh-huh
1: characters like well yeah nobody knows what i'm watching on tv right yeah but god does Mm -hmm. and that's where characters build that's right i was a fireman which was maybe the amazing job yeah i mean you just i mean i got to ride the big red truck heck yeah okay what else do you need i mean it's like life is full Mm. um no, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. That is what ADD. happens. There it is. Exactly uh, there it right. Is. It showed up. Wait a minute. Shut the doors. We'll get it in here. Fulfilling life. I don't know what um, you were talking about. But anyway, uh, you know, you you got to live a life that was amazing. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so here's what I am getting out of what you're saying is um, – And so what I do now is, uh, the first thing I do, because I know it's difficult, once I Mm -hmm. get out of bed, if I don't have my quiet time, it's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it's certainly not as the quality as it is. Right, right. So I get out, I put on my tennis shoes yeah put on my headset, yeah I listen to um, Nikki gumbel from alpha Ooh. Uh and he's he's reading through the Bible in a year mm-hmm. so that takes like twenty five thirty minutes yep and so then after that I walk for an hour i I pray for a while and then right at the end of the last ten minutes I listen to worship and it starts the day off and then and then when I get home, so it's and I try to do that around six like a mm-hmm. little bit before sunrise okay and so I try to get that started. And then, um, and then what I'll do is I'll sit down and I I don't journal. Mm. I write God a letter oh. using acts: adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And so I write God a letter, and you know it takes ten or fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I'll sit down, and Joyce and I will talk about what we learned in our quiet time because she's going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so we have this like great discussion. And if you want to have a better relationship with someone, uh, talk to him about you know what god is uh, yeah. especially you guys listening to ask your mm. wife or your girlfriend or your friend mm-hmm. what what they think spiritually and let them yeah. talk to you and let them and you'll have You'll have plenty to talk
0: about. Yeah, that is the best quiet time schedule I've ever heard yeah. in my life. And
1: so I try to do it every day. Like today, I did men's breakfast. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure that I had God's word in me before I left. Wow. And so I just I just sat on the recliner, drank coffee, and listened. Um, and so once I do that, I'm free to go be the man that God created me to be. Mm-hmm. And it seems like I've got instructions. Yeah. And some of it, it's going to work and doing you know some things that I don't necessarily like to do. hmm but it's doing those things, and and quite honestly, in, in the supplication part, I, I I ask God. I'm like God, <laughs> I need a better job. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, can you open some doors for me? Yeah, because you have not, because you asked not. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as a as an adult man, I still like to work. I still sell real estate. Sure, I, I still like Good. to be around people, but. This, it's really funny, Mm because this is starting to take some time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I have to train him. (laughs) (laughs) I have to train him what to say. (laughs) In the art of conversation.
0: Oh, because Lord knows I've stumbled a couple of times. Yes, (laughs) yes,
1: we've run out of words. Where do they come from? Uh, But this takes time. Mm -hmm. Starting a men's breakfast, it takes time. Going on Wednesday night, it takes time. Oh, wait a minute, having a, a conversation... Uh, with our friend we yeah. went we went with uh Jordan had pizza last night and just sat around and talked.
0: Yeah. Are just, we allowed to say we smoked the cigars? Yeah, we're allowed to say the three men had cigars. We, really? Yeah, it's legal. It's legal. Oh my gosh. I'm 21. Thank you Jesus. Yeah, it's fine. You can do that. And so, we we were talking about that last night like you know, this is, this is good that we're doing this. It's just, we're having conversation you know, the cigar is just sort of the afterthought. It's not like we're like, I need, I need this. I gotta have a cigar. Right, there's no. just something about it. I yeah. mean, I know. It's a
1: good conversation piece. My wife's like, why do you have to have a cigar? You stink like an ashtray." when you get mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's the best part. <laughs> Keeps you <laughs> off of me, am I right? now? Yes, back off, woman. <laughs> um, so, uh, anything
0: else? Um, I, I, I just really liked what you had been bringing up about, you know, the, the nature of work is something that requires being filled up, kind of like how you have your quiet time. And that's something that I'm, I need to get better at. You know, I ju- I recently just bought a new journal cause I had this really good conversation with some of my buddies is like, you know, the three of us, we were actually having cigars too. We're all t- over 21. It's fine. So we went to Marina Jack's, the, the Island park over there. Yeah. And so we went out on the peninsula. It was like midnight and we were well, by the time it was over it was midnight but we got there and we just sat around one of the tables i had the ashtray in the middle and the three of us just had cigars and we were just talking about what god was doing in our lives see you can still have cigars and be godly men
1: oh yeah yeah is, I'm well you. well the great part is it makes you sit still
0: yes for an hour absolutely cuz it's something that yeah what's great about a cigar and what i like it is it forces you to be conversational and slow yeah. so that's why i like it a lot and so the three of us we were we were talking and just you know, what God is doing in your life. My, my buddy was actually, uh, like in Hawaii on Maui while it was on fire and he got, out. he was, yeah, he, he literally got out. He got evacuated from the Island. Yeah. He was there on vacation with his family in a resort where the resort next door was on fire and people were dying and they had like no food. There was no supplies and they got evacuated a day early from when they were supposed to leave and they they almost didn't make it so he's like yeah i've been learning a lot about being grateful i'm like uh yeah, yeah. i'm glad you got that out of that and then my other buddy he's been learning about you know m- much of the same thing i'm learning about is you know purpose with your calling and what you're supposed to do in the future cuz a lot of the future is sort of uncertain he said he had this vision of like i feel like god is he the vision was like I'm standing at the end the edge of like a cliff per se and there was this fog and he was going to go into the fog and he had like a vague outline of what it was beyond the fog but he still didn't know exactly what it was and god was like just trust me and go in and me I'm having very much of the same uh you know learning currently and I had you know we finished with prayer as good christians do We finished with prayer. With a cigar in your hand? No, no, no. We all had them out by that point. So God was still like, okay, thank God. And we, you know, for me personally, I don't know. This is just kind of me. When people pray at church, I kind of like to keep my eyes open a little bit for like the first 30 seconds or so. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just something I like because it's, you know, bow your eyes and close your head to get the, I said that correctly, to keep the distractions out. And I just, I don't know, something about keeping my eyes open. I don't know. But I kept my eyes open for a little bit and they were praying and I felt God say, close your eyes and I will show you. And I was kind of like, huh, what does that, you know, what does that mean? What? Because that's such a profound statement. Yeah. I really felt God yeah. press it on me. And it's, you know, kind of like the kingdom of God is upside down. You know, you close your eyes, you obviously, you can't see anything. But God says, close your eyes and I will show you. And it's like, well, that doesn't make sense to my mind. But in my heart, I feel like That is kind of how I'm called to walk out the next phase of, you know, like all the previous episodes of obedience. And that is closing my eyes and allowing God to take me where it is that I need to go and just, you know, prayer and supplication, asking God. Wherever it is that you need me to go, wherever it is that I go, I believe it is where I'm supposed to be. It's really difficult
1: in the world we live in Mm -hmm. to say, I'm really going to trust you, God, Mm. for this also. It happens with when you get older and, uh, like, I think we have enough money to retire. Mm -hmm. And then you're retired and you're like, I hope we have enough money to retire. Right, yeah. But God has always, I have to remember, God's always said, you put me first, and I'll I'll, I'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of you, and he always has. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I know for I know for a fact that yep he has never put us or allowed us to be in anything more than we could. We've been I've been, I've been a bad steward. Oh, quite sure. a bit. Over Same here. The years. But uh, he's always kept his end of the bargain. Absolutely. And so trusting him to with my career, mm-hmm. with my retirement. Yep with me being a father i mean i have four kids and i'm like man i have no clue yeah on how to do that sure still my kids still they're like you have no clue (laughs) (laughs) it shows that (laughs) so um well that i think that's a great revelation and i'm i think we're all hoping to hear what god shows you with your eyes shut
0: yeah that's crazy
1: you know and uh, um Okay, we could go off. I mean, we could we could we could go on another forty five minutes. Sure, minute.
0: which is the best part of this.
1: I love it, man. We we
0: love yeah doing this. We love that we get to do this if it isn't so, clear. So
1: the you people that made it through the whole forty minutes, yeah, uh, the nuggets at the end. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should call that the name of this podcast: the nuggets at the end.
0: Maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe we don't call it the nuggets at the end. Yeah, that's probably not no. that I think about no, it. No, no, right. no, no, no. That's a bad idea, Chris. All right. Well, hey everybody,
1: <laughs> we love talking to you. Absolutely. Uh, keep the letters and emails coming. We probably should get an email. Next address. <laughs> next episode we'll have an email, I promise. We'll have an email. Uh anything you wanna last you wanna say?
0: No, just keep on being obedient. Yeah. That's it. Pray for Will to God would bring him a publisher. That'd be cool. Not a publisher, a an editor?
1: Editor. That'd be neat. My gosh, wouldn't that be cool if an editor called you? Yeah,
0: yeah. Said, "Let me hook you up." The answer fell right into my lap, which is not how everything works, but it'd be nice. Okay, yeah. God bless you. See you later. Peace.